I figured if you fall uh, at least 100 feet off of a cliff and into rock, jagged rocks, you would die. So yeah, that's, that's not fun, all right? How many of you would have liked to been her in that situation? Anybody? Nobody want to be her? Oh my, come on, she had to meet her maker. Okay, all right then. Well, the series we're starting tonight is called Tethered, as you've seen. And unfortunately for her and her situation, she was not tethered to any kind of rock so kind. So she fell and she died. And so that's unfortunate, but that's what happens when you go rock climbing. Um, anybody knows anything besides what you see just there about rock climbing? Like anybody had any experience with rock climbing before? No? Okay, Peter, solid. Okay. Well, Peter is an expert on this, so he should know that it's a very, it's a very dangerous sport that people like to do. A lot of adrenaline junkies like to go out and think they could conquer the world and go climb a bunch of mountains and stuff like that. And so they do it for fun, but it's very dangerous at the same time. And so as you've seen from that clip, you can die. Um, I'm just going to read some more stories, some real life stories. They all know that's a movie. Some real life stories of how rock climbing is. All right. Uh, but first of all, let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us all here tonight. Uh, pray that you just bless this time. Pray that you just um, speak to the hearts and minds of these teens there tonight, I pray that you just give them whatever you have for them to take home tonight, and pray that you just meditate on it and help them apply it to their lives. Uh, you know what I pray? Amen. All right? All right. Jack Roberts, a 58-year-old, living near Denver, Colorado, was a great, he was a great ice climber who had been climbing big mountains all over the world for 41 years. All right? Tragically, on Sunday, January 15, 2012, Jack Roberts died while climbing Bridal Veil Falls, an almost 400-foot-high drop. Grade 5 ice route, one of Colorado's biggest waterfalls. He fell 60 feet, all right? And he died. So I know all this, is, this rock climbing stuff is pretty gruesome and stuff like that, right? And you're probably asking, oh, what in the world got to do with me in this time tonight, right? We ain't rock climbing in life, whatever. But this, the series that we're starting tonight is Tethered. is talking about being tethered to God, which is who is the rock of all ages, who is our rock, who keeps us and sustain us. And how are we tethered to the rock? We are tethered to the rock by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sealed within us as believers, if we're Christians, 
The Holy Spirit is sealed within us. And because of the Holy Spirit, we are forever, no matter what happens, no matter if we slip, fall, trip, no matter happens, we're still tethered to the rock and we won't fall and die. All right? And so, go to that first slide, please. All right. Now, if we want to understand, first of all, if you want to understand this whole idea of being tethered and us not being, not, as Christians, not being falling off and dying and forever losing our lives, we have to understand who we are as believers, as Christians, all right? Now, uh, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's a typical Sunday school universe, so I all should probably know that. And First John 2, 1 through 2 says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we will have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours, but only for the sins of the whole world. All right. Now, we want to look at that word propitiation. Now, we talked about that a couple of times before. We're going to go into that some more. All right. But. As you see from those two verses, we all either have sinned or gonna sin, all right? You may be reading that and say, oh, you don't know nothing about me. No, we're gonna sin. We're human. We're not perfect, all right? And so as believers, it's important for us to know that we're not perfect, that we're gonna fall. Because I know sometimes if we're going, having a good life, oh, everything's great, everything's dandy, I'm a good Christian boy, I'm walking down the road, I'm happy, right? And something bad happens to us and we sin and we be like, Oh man, this 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 isn't right. I'm not I'm not supposed to be saying that. Maybe I'm not really a Christian. And we start to doubt ourselves and doubt what God has for us. And so, when we think about this, we have to think about we have to remember the fact that we are not perfect. We are going to sin. And so, once we remember that, we won't have to worry about doubting. But a uh, question: Anybody in here ever get? mad at your parents at all? All right. <laughs> oh, I was hoping all y'all was going to raise your hand because I know y'all ain't liars and y'all good Christian people. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, any of y'all ever did the silent treatment on them? I know I wasn't brave enough to do that. So, okay, all y'all, a lot of y'all more brave than me. All right. So, you could, now, if you, when you get mad at your parents, you need to give them the silent treatment. You try as best as possible to shun them off and make them less as part of your lives as possible so you won't be around them. You could do that for your entire life. You could leave, graduate, go to college, never come back home, get a job, move over to another country, and you could do whatever you want with your life. But if something happened to you, and let's say you need a kidney and the only person with the same blood type or whatever is your mommy, guess what? Your mommy gonna have to come and help you because guess what? They are your parents, all right? That is what that is what the Holy Spirit does for us. Once we are tethered to God, there's nothing that can separate us, no matter if we make mistakes, no matter if we do something wrong that we think is unforgivable. Once we are Christians and when we believe, the Holy Spirit is in us, sealed in us, and tethered us to the rock, Jesus God. And no matter what happens, we'll always be His. Alright? So, if God has secured us with the seal of the Holy Spirit, why do we doubt our relationship with him. When you sin, how can we avoid doubt? It helps us to have a proper understanding of Satan and sin, all right? So in order for us not to doubt what God has done in us, what he has tethered us to himself, 
we have to understand what Satan and sin does in this whole thing. Now, um, Satan, just for y'all who don't know, who don't believe or whatever, Satan is real, okay? Satan is a real being, and here the slide gives a little information about it. It says, the most common name given to a fallen evil angel, Lucifer, which means adversary or accuser. So basically, if you call yourself a Christian, that's what Satan is to you. He is your adversary and accuser. He's going to be constantly trying to get you to fall, trying to get you to slip up, trying to get you to mess up, all right? And one of his most important tools, one of his main tools he uses is doubt, which we were talking about. Once we start to doubt what God has done in us, we start to feel like, oh, this is not, this is not the point. He uses that as a very important tool. And <clears throat> just to give you an illustration, you'll have an experience in class when somebody, when you class, come to class, you happy. Okay, okay, great. I great, that's good to go. I ain't got no worries. This could be a regular class, go through the day. And somebody tap you on the shoulder and be like, but you do the homework, but? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you be like, whoa, what the freeze, And you start flipping through your bag, looking at your and he's like, yeah, but that's working on points too, but that's like 15% of your grade, but And you start freaking all out. And then, the whole class gone by, and you on your edge, you see the whole class, and you realize, but what the homework? And you type your friend, but what the homework? But I was just playing with you, but and then you, and then you freak out on him, and then want to kill him, all right? And so, what your friend just did, is exactly what Satan does to you on a regular basis. I ain't trying to say your friend's Satan now, but I mean, you know, that's what Satan does, all right? He does that to us in our everyday lives. He tries to get us to doubt what we know to be true. And so how do we combat this, this doubt, all right? John 8, 44 says, you are, the fa- you are of the father devil, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand for the truth, because the truth is not in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar, the father of lies. That is what Satan is. All right, next slide. All right, so how do we combat this craftiness, this doubt that Satan plants in us? Romans ten seventeen. So by faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. So what that is basically saying is, The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is our source of truth as Christians. That's why it's important to be in your quiet time. See how I plugged that in there? So quiet, that's why the quiet times are so important because it's a way for us to read the Bible and understand what the truth God has for us because that's the only way we can combat the lies. The only way you won't believe whatever your friends say in class is if you know with all your heart that that we don't have any homework. And so that's that's why it's important to stay in the Bible. The Bible is our source of real faith because it is God's word, because it's God's word, all right? And so that's the only way we can truly believe because of the Bible, all right? Now, when we start to doubt God has sealed his Holy Spirit in us, in us, when we start to doubt that God has given us the Holy Spirit and has forever tethered us to him, we start to figure, we start to think about what's the point, what's the point of it all, all right? Now, Satan is called the prince of this world, all right? So it makes sense that the more time we spend thinking about thinking and living like the world lives, the more Satan is going to confuse you and doubting God's presence in your life. Okay? And so when we doubt, so this, we start to feed into this doubt, and this doubt starts to make us believe, oh, God doesn't, if I fall off this one time, God doesn't really love me. He's not really, he don't really care. I might as well just go whatever right in front of me. So I might as well just go, you know what? I could go to that party and drink and get drunk and 
go out, go out of place and sleep around or whatever. I could do all that stuff because God ain't really there. He's not real. He's not real in my life. So I don't have to worry about that. And so that's what Satan does. Once we start to think about not God, we start to think the doubt that God is not in our lives. We start to think about everything else in front of us. And so that's how Satan works his whole craftiness together because we're in the world. We're Christians, but we're, we're different from the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so Satan knows that we are tempted by everything around us, all the fancy things around us. And so he uses that doubt to point us in the direction that he wants us to go. All right? Now, next slide, please. How do we combat that now? Matthew 13, 22 says, As for what was sown by the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but cares for the world and the deceitfulness of the rich choke the word and becomes unfruitful. So this is what happens. This is exactly what happens when we start to change our view towards the world. We start to see all these things around us. We get caught up in all the fun and fun, quote unquote fun, and in the end it's going to destroy us. But we start to see these things around us and it starts to choke off what we know to be true. That we start to believe the lies that all are around us. All right? Next slide. And so Romans 12, 2 tells us, do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by, by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is acceptable and perfect. All right? And so, again, we come back to the Word of God, how it's important as Christians that we stay grounded in it because we are to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And so the only way we can renew our mind, which means simply to learn something and to fill it with things that are true, we have to read the truth, all right? And we can't be conformed by the word. So when we are, let's say we do go to one of these parties, all right? There's nothing wrong with going to these parties, but it's very dangerous depending on how your mind is set. If you're set up with doubt, if you're filled with the doubt, it's going to be very easy for you to get those things, choked, the truth choked away from you. So let's say you do go to one of these parties. And your friends are like, oh, babe, you could have some of this, 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 this punch, babe. It's just regular punch. He's like, you sure, babe? He's like, nah, but we only playing this. Just have a little, 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 little something, something in it, babe. And he's like, it's only a little bit, so it's mixing the punch. So it's not really like, it's not really alcohol per se, you know? It's just, it's just, you could drink as much as this you want and get drunk. I mean, you, you, you get drunk and it ain't, it ain't going to cause no problems, all right? And so this is when you start to realize that this is the decision you have to make. Do you... Fall, do you conform in that situation? Do you be like, okay, everybody else doing it and everybody else having a good time and it don't seem to be hurting them, so I might as well just, you know, get drunk too. So it's in situations like that where we have to be grounded in the truth, which is the word of God, all right? And so we must be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And that's when we, when we stay in the word, our mind starts to think of the things of God. And so we don't have to be worried about doubting anything about God in our lives, all right? A next point that sin does inside our lives is what, when we have unconfessed sin in our lives, it creates a barrier between you and fellowship with God, and confession breaks that barrier, all right? So it's important to understand what sin does, exactly what sin does, because sin doesn't completely yank us from God and say, you know what, you sin, God say forget you, and he throw you into the deep end, and you left to die. Sin does not do that. Um, God's love is much, much stronger than that. Because as we're saying with this whole idea of tethered, is that 
the Holy Spirit is sealed within us and tethered us to God. So when we sin, it's, it's a symbol of us slipping, us falling. And if we're tethered to the rock, like if it was in that video with a guy who was holding the woman, he was tethered to the line that was connected to the rock. He was tethered to the rock. And so he didn't have to worry about slipping and falling or trying to help her because he knew that he was tethered so he wasn't going to fall. And so that's what sin, all that sin does. Sin just causes us to slip and fall. And so once we realize that, we can see that once we, we can see that once we confess these sins, once we go to God and genuinely, genuinely come to him and tell him that you're sorry for your sins and that you realize you sin, you will have that connection with God again. Because I know when we have, when we sin, we start to feel guilty. We start to feel uh, like God has left us alone. Like we're not really Christians, right? But once we realize what sin does, it doesn't cut us off from God. It doesn't yank us away. It just causes us to slip and lose our footing. And once we realize that, we can continue to move forward and not have those things bother us in life, all right? 1 John 1, 8 through 9 says, If we say we have no sin in us, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us for all unrighteousness, all right? So sin is in our lives. We can't deny it. We can't go along and say it's done happening because you feel it. You know it's there. But we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us, all right? So there's no cutting off here. You're still tethered to him. You just slipped up and fell. And we're, like we said in the beginning, we're human. We're not perfect. We're going to sin. We have sinned. All right? So nothing is expected of us in that situation. All right? Now, for us to understand all of this now, we have to understand how God sees all of this. How God has worked into this entire equation. All right? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. How God has worked into this equation. How he sees us as who we are, as sinners as people who mess up all the time, as people who doubt him, who think he doesn't even care, how would you feel if you did all these things for your friend, you did all these things, you, when they were sick, you go by their house, you play games with them, you go and you get, give them rides home from school, you do all this, how would you feel if he come to you be like, behind around you, because you, let's say you missing Scuffy Jordans or whatever, and you'd be like, and you'd be like, but come from around behind your friend no more, buddy. You could be, you could be like, what in the world, buddy? What, what in the world? Like, been through all this together. Like, why? Like, all right, you're gonna be confused, all right. And so we have to realize that, yes, God is, God is all powerful, right? He is the creator of heaven and earth, right? But as Christians, we have the opportunity to have a relationship with Him, and it's important that we realize that it's a relationship because it's not just some type of hierarchy where we bow down, and if we fail, we must be smite down by his holy wrath. No, we're avoided from that because we're believers, all right? And so we have to realize that God sees us as his children, and he cares for us, and he doesn't want us to fail, and when we do, he's there to help us, all right? Now, when a person receives, um, when a person gets deliverance, when a person is saved, sorry, he experienced deliverance from the power and effects of sin through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Once this is done, the believer can experience God's love, peace, joy, and forgiveness. All right? So that means once we become Christians, we don't have to worry about all of this. We just have to realize that sin has no hold on us anymore. All right? Since God forgave us, our salvation is forever. 
we are connected or tethered to him for all eternity. Your spirit tether, your spiritual tether keeps you connected to God even when the wrong even when you make sinful choices. And it's when you lose your spiritual footing or make a wrong move in life, you must not let yourself think about God has abandoned you. All right? So it's important for us to know that just because we fall, just because we make mistakes, God isn't going to just automatically let us go. No, he cares for us and he loves us and he wants to see us succeed. He wants to see us live a good life, a, a, a holy life before him. All right? Now, it's common for us to feel as though we have disappointed God when, he has, when we have sinned. But, it truly, but if God truly loves and cares for us, would God really abandon you? That's not love, all right? And so, next slide, please. Right. Okay, now, once we, we have to realize what propitiation is, to understand what exactly God did for us so we can know that he's not abandoned us, all right? Now, propitiation, what we talked about in the other verse, is turning away of God's wrath towards sinful man made possible through the death on the cross, through Christ's death on the cross, all right? So, Jesus Christ is our propitiation. He is the one who turned us away from God's wrath. So, if we, have, if we are not saved, if we, are not, we don't belong to Jesus Christ, then we are just as much exposed to God's wrath as the worst person in the world, as a murderer. All right, who hasn't confessed himself, all right? So we, just, we have to realize that once we're in that situation, we're finished. But as believers, we're not in that situation anymore. God has forever turned us away from his wrath through Jesus Christ, our propitiation. Next slide. Salvation. Now, what a salvation is, once you have gone through salvation, salvation is a process is deliverance from the power and the effects of sin through the person and work of Jesus Christ. So now, once we have confessed our sins and we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and we accept him to come into our lives and to change us and to make us more like him, we have, we're going through the process of salvation. And it is the deliverance from power and the effects of sin. All right? Now, Salvation, like I was saying, is not a one-time deal. Once you save, I get salvation. I'm the best person in the world. Fabulous, all right? No, it's not like that. Salvation is a process, all right? It's deliverance from the effects of sin, all right? Now, what the effects of sin is, is that doubt that we were talking about, that Satan uses to warp our minds and twist our thoughts. We have deliverance from that, but it's a process. So as we go along in our Christian walk, as we grow, we start to realize and understand, and as the more we read the Bible and get truth inside of us and renew our minds, we start to realize that sin has no effect on us, all right? And so once we start to realize that, we can then walk as God wants us to walk. And still, yes, we're not perfect. We're still going to sin. But salvation is a process, so we still have to continually work and work until God takes us home, all right? Now, Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you have been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. All right? So, once you have accepted the gospel of truth, that Jesus died for us and came to save us, and you've accepted that he came to die for your sins, you're instantly sealed with 
the promise of the Holy Spirit. We are instantly sealed with the Holy Spirit. And what did we say the Holy Spirit was? The Holy Spirit was the seal that tethers us to God. So once we get saved, and once we get the Holy Spirit, we're secure. We're tethered. We're sealed. All right? And so after that, it's just the rest of our lives, we're just going to be climbing up that mountain. And when we climb up that mountain, and we slip, we don't have to worry about dying, because we're tethered forever. All right? Next slide. All right. If you have your books, it's time to fill in some stuff now. All right? Uh, can somebody please find John 10, 28 through 29? All right, David. Go ahead. All right, so as you see from that verse, we are secure in the relationship with God, all right? Jesus assures us that all who belong to him are safe and secure in his hands, all right? Now, the next one is eternal protection from outside interference. Somebody please look up. Romans 8, 38 to 39. Anybody? All right, now, I don't know if you heard everything in that verse, but that was a lot of stuff, all right? Powers, what was it? Angels, rulers, things present, things to come, nor powers. That's a lot of things. And what that's just saying is that none of that can separate us, separate us from the love of God, which binds us to him, all right? Jesus assures us that wait, yeah, there is no power, person, or ruler in or out of this world that can separate us from God's love. All right? Can somebody please look up Ephesians 1, 6 and shows us that we are accepted by God. All right, yes. So from that we can see that his love has accepted us eternally. So we have him showing his love toward us, has showed his acceptance of us. So we don't have to worry about him abandoning us because he's already accepted us, all right? Now, we're going to show how God loved us despite us, our mistakes. Oh, thank you. Despite our mistakes. Romans 5, 8, please, somebody. All right, so from that we see that God has demonstrated how much he loved you even while you were a sinner. Jesus died for your sins. So let's look at this from the whole big picture now. He loved you when you hated him, before you even became a Christian. You hated him, you didn't want anything to do with him, yet he still loved you enough to die for you. You think he's going to abandon you when you already belong to him? So that's when we have to think about that. We have to really put that into perspective because God really loves us, all right? Now, let's give evidence that I am a child of God. Somebody please look up Galatians 3.26. For in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. Boom, there you have it. Plain and simple. 
to Christ, we're all sons of faith. So once we become saved, we're his sons and his daughters. We are his children. We belong to him. And I'm pretty sure your parents are going to throw you on the street because you ain't washed the dishes last night, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> I ain't trying to say your parents Satan if they do, but I mean, just saying, all right? <laughs> now, let's show see how he has delivered us from any doubt whether I belong to God, all right? Romans eight fifteen to seventeen. All right. So, are you done? Okay. All right. So. Clearly, from that we can see that we have been eternally delivered. We were, even though we are dead in sin, Christ's Holy Spirit has sealed us, and we are alive in Him. We are tethered. We're still marching up that mountain of life, whatever. <laughs> so we don't have anything to worry about. We don't have to worry about falling and dying. All right. Now, nothing that you can do, no matter how great, how small can separate you from the love of God, all right? When you deliberately rebel against God's word, that is what sin is, all right? Whether you are acting in rebellion against your parents or engaging in an unhealthy relationship, sin is very serious, all right? Every act of rebellion is sin against God, all right? So now that we really understand what sin is, we have to realize that these things are not something simple and small to play with because as you've seen that just because of that one unconfessed sin in our lives, we can start to doubt and a whole dawn of confess can happen and we can start to start to waste our lives away. And the consequences of those things you do are still there. Even if God, even when God forgives you and accepts you back in, you still have to deal with the consequences of your actions. So if you decide to go out and do drugs or whatever, you're still going to have to be faced with the law, and you're probably going to go to jail, all right? Because <laughs> drugs are illegal. Don't do drugs, all right? <laughs> now, knowing that nothing can separate you from God should never give you freedom or license or to do sin, all right? That's the kind of thinking that sets you up for dangerous, addictive habits and struggles, all right? Just like I was saying, you still have the consequences, all right? So don't go out saying, oh, I protected, I saved, I tethered to the rock of Jesus, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to worry about I don't have to worry about going out and partying and drinking and doing drugs and stuff like that and even uh, anything like that because I I protected. But guess what? At the end of the day, when you finish all that foolishness you was doing and go back into your room and be like, solid. You still stuck with all the bad decisions you make and all the effects. So Probably if you decide to go out and do drugs or whatever, probably going to get addicted and probably going to go get in prison because you did illegal drugs or whatever. And those things are still going to be behind you. And doing something, all that stuff is extreme. You have to go out and do that stuff. But something as small as, um, something as, small as pornography, you could go inside your room and nobody has to know about that. But guess what? You're still going to be stuck with those images inside of your mind for the rest of your life. Those things are not going to go away. And so, 
you still are protected and sealed in Jesus Christ and God, but those things are still going to follow you. So just because you're tethered, that doesn't mean it's not going to hurt, all right? Now, it's right to feel convicted over sin and a poor decision in your life. That's why you should always respond to conviction by admitting your sin to God. Turning from that sin and staying clear of it is never a right, is, is never right to think that you will lose your eternity, eternal security from God. You are His possession and His love. His love is too great to let that go on, all right? So, once we realize that, yes, that we're going to sin, we're not perfect. We're going to sin. Once we realize that we are tethered to Him, we don't have to doubt that He is there. And we can confess that sin and continue to move forward, all right? And when we do things bad, we start to feel guilty. We start to feel bad. But guilt is not necessarily a bad thing, all right? Guilt is God's way of reminding you and telling you that you did something wrong, all right? So when you start to feel guilty, think about it. Don't just say, oh, I feel bad, man. I might as well just stop thinking about it. I might just go away. No. Think about what you did and realize what you did wrong because that's the only way you're going to start to correct what you did and so you can move on forward, all right? All right, so it's important for us to remember that God loves us. Out of all this, we just have to remember this one simple fact that God loves us. And if we call ourselves believers, we should know that because of his love, his love is the one that got you away from the eternal death, of, eternal death from, the, from the wages of sin. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forget about you. He's not going to leave you on the side to fall and fall off. No, he loves you. He's, you are his child. You belong to him. He wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you have a good life. But at the same time, we have to realize that we're still humans. We're still going to sin. So it's important for us to, when we do sin, confess that sin to him. And so we can continue to move on forward in life. All right. So that is it for the night.